welcome to episode three of season six. Today, I wanted to talk to you about 10 tricks to attract more listeners to your podcast. So this is probably one of the biggest questions that I'm asked. And I ask myself this often too, as a podcaster, who is listening to my podcast and bonus, how the fudge can I increase that number? Because that's kind of the goal, isn't it? Podcasting is such a nice media to create content and it's definitely become one of the most popular ways to consume content in recent years, but it can feel a little bit crowded out there and subsequently quite hard to compete, particularly when every celeb, including the Royals, has a podcast. (laughs) So if you're thinking this, nodding your head vigorously and shouting hell yeah at me right now, then I'm going to let you in on something you're getting oh so wrong. There's no need to compete. I know it's groundbreaking. Honestly, for every podcast listener, there's going to be, I don't know, six, 12, 20 podcasts on their playlist. I listen to around 50. (laughs) So it's far more important to just get your podcast out there, start tweaking as you go. The reality is, and this is going to sound really harsh, but the reality is that nobody's going to be listening. Well, relatively few people will listen until you start telling people about it anyway. So do yourself a favor and just start ready or not, because done is better than perfect. So let's just say you've done it, you've launched, um, or perhaps you're thinking ahead and planning how you're going to promote your podcast once you've launched, or maybe you're confused about the hell people find podcasts, what makes them successful, how to attract a heap of listeners. So here are my tried and tested ways. And don't say I never give you anything. Tell people about it. That's the number one. (laughs) It's really obvious, but it's um, woefully underused. I think probably because the hosts um, often lack confidence um, and a desire to not come across as kind of pushy or salesy. But telling is not the same as selling, not at all. You're allowed to tell people you have a podcast and invite them to listen. You're allowed. I give you permission. (laughs) Okay, so just tell people about it. Number two, invite, now this is in air quotes, which obviously you can't see, but invite big name guests. So it's relative, right? Because a big name in your particular niche doesn't necessarily mean someone with millions of followers. It truly just means someone you know is an authority in your podcast niche. So someone that you know your target listeners like, aspire to be, listen to already, you get the picture. And by the way, a little bonus, if you feel like you need help attracting guests, my editable podcast media kit might be for you. Anyway, links in the show notes for that one. Number three, make it shareable. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know I spend a whole heap of time there, but I also use it as inspiration to create shareable podcast content for my clients and for my own podcast. Video is obviously a huge priority for all social platforms. So I always make audiograms, which basically translate as a teaser of each episode in video form with captions. So you can entice people to listen and showcase your best bits, make it accessible too. That's super shareable. So there are two main options for creating audiograms. There's Headliner and there's Wave. 
I use Wave and there's an affiliate link in the show notes for Wave. Um, Headliner is free and I have used it in the past. It's both of them are incredible. I personally prefer Wave because the transcription and the interface is excellent. And if you go to the accompanying blog post to this, um, you'll see a Wave tutorial. So other ways to make it shareable, just create simple Canva images that have, if you've got a guest, um, you can set it up as a template. That's what I always do. And then you can just tweak it for each one. All you need to have on it is you could pull out a quote from the episode. I like doing that. Um, You can have your guest's image on it. You can have the episode title or you can put a bit.ly link, which has a really simple way to um, like get to the show notes or get to the episode. All of those things are going to make it much, much easier for your guest as well as for your listeners to share your podcast episode. Number four, set up a slick workflow. So one thing that I bang on about is the importance of making your podcast sustainable. Whether that's outsourcing editing, hiring a VA to manage guests or write the show notes or hand the whole thing over to a management company, it's really important to be realistic about the time it's going to take to produce your podcast and the time you actually have to dedicate to it. Something that's been a game changer for my clients and for my own podcast is to automate the guest side of things which serves as a time and sanity saver, as well as an impressively slick showcase for your podcast to your guests. You can do this in a few different ways, but the most basic way is to create a series of email templates or canned emails that can take you from the invite. So from inviting the guest to be on your podcast, right through to preparing them for being on the podcast, giving them kind of technical tips, sending them the links, that sort of thing, right through to booking um, and also sending a thank you once the episode goes live, which is where you would put some, you know, where you would attach some shareable templates for them to share with their audience. And you could do this for free. There's a canned email function in Gmail, which I used to use. Now I do it through Dubsado. And again, if you head to the episode, that uh, the blog post that accompanies this um, podcast episode, you'll see a sample guest workflow using canned emails and you can just copy and paste that. So if you want to go advanced, um, and I recommend that you do, <laughs> and if you already use some sort of project management CRM tool like Dubsado, Trello, Asana, I would take things further by setting up a completely automated workflow so that you just have to, you know, edit um, the first name and edit the link and those sorts of things. I honestly went from spending, I don't know, you could easily spend one to three hours on each guest, just the admin side of things to like now I spend about five minutes max on the whole thing. Um, again, sorry to be annoying, but if you go to the blog post accompanying this, you'll see a video tutorial where I walk you through my specific Dubsado workflow for the podcast. Um, even if you don't use Dubsado, you can just use it as inspiration, um, to kind of map the same process using whatever project management tool that you have. And like I say, if, 
you don't use anything and it's just a hobby podcast and you don't have um, a business that you would need a CRM tool for, you can just set it up with canned emails. That's honestly, that's how I started and that's just as good. It will still save you time. So this all ties in nicely with making your podcast shareable. And honestly, it makes you look professional as well, I think. I like doing it because my ADHD brain doesn't need anything else to procrastinate over. (laughs) So number five, add a call to action in every single episode. So this is another no brainer, but it's really worth mentioning because people just don't flipping do it. (laughs) The amount of podcasts I listen to where people just haven't put a call to action. But when I go to their show notes, they'll be, hey, you can sign up for my new course or my bonus workshop or my mailing list or come follow me on Instagram. And they haven't said it in the episode. Again, it can feel icky to ask people to do something, but I can't tell you how many times I've been chuffed to discover my favorite podcast has a course or it has a really great Instagram account I now follow religiously. The right people need to hear your call to action, whether that's asking for a review, a share, or even, you know, a survey request, and the wrong people won't care. Or perhaps they'll switch off, but that's kind of the worst thing that's going to happen. And it's what you want anyway. If they're your wrong people, they're going to disappear eventually. Number six, focus on consistency. It's okay to post monthly and take six month break as long as it's consistent and well communicated with your audience. Consistency doesn't have to mean all the time, but your listeners need some guidance on what to expect and to know when to expect it, at least when your podcast is establishing itself. Eventually, you know, um, there's podcasts like the Adam Buxton podcast, I know that every Christmas, on Christmas Day, there will be an episode with Adam and Joe. It's tradition. I know that's when it happens. I also know that he tends to take a break over the summer. Things get quite sporadic and sometimes an episode will come out that he recorded three years before. But I've been listening to that for five years, something like that. (laughs) But when your podcast starts out, it's really worth just communicating with your guests, uh, with your listeners (laughs) and your guests. It's really worth communicating when the next episode will be, how often, when a break's coming up, that sort of thing. Number seven, jump on trends, be newsworthy. So if you can jump on trends and current affairs, don't think too much about perfection, rather make space for quick wins in your podcast by creating mini-sodes or little mini-series that require less effort to create. Examples of this are my Podmas series, which I didn't do last year, but some Decembers <laughs> I do 12 days leading up to Christmas where I just chat I don't edit the podcast. I literally just chat into the microphone, record, and then publish it. Motherkind has a mini moments, um, kind of mini so so they're really short, and she repurposes snippets of old episodes. Number eight, create personas. So it goes without saying that unless you have a clear idea of who you're creating your podcast for and who you're trying to attract, you won't attract them. Well, not easily anyway. It's really important to clarify this before you start, of course, but there's kind of never a bad time to do it. I sit down and do this every so often because 
it's really easy to lose touch with who you're creating things for and your original purpose. I recommend you sit down with a pen and paper and create some detailed personas to clarify your dream audience. And in the accompanying blog post to this episode, I've linked to a really good blog post explaining personas and how to create them. Number nine, this is a bit of a curveball, I guess. Use Pinterest. I'm a massive Pinterest fan. I've been using it for years to create, uh, to promote anything and everything. (laughs) It consistently generates traffic on autopilot and it serves as an excellent work avoidance tool too. (laughs) I I create simple templates using Canva and I schedule using Tailwind, which I personally think is incredible. And I've started actually using Tailwind for Instagram too. I pin to my own boards as well as group boards, which is where the magic happens. There's tons of group boards for podcasters. um, So I really recommend you check out Pinterest. The last tip is to save your spot on my free workshop, which actually happened last week, but you can... I saved the replay so you can still access that free workshop if you sign up to my mailing list. And again, the link is in the show notes. (laughs) Et voila. So let me know if you try any of these tips for your podcast and let me know if I've missed anything out. It would be remiss of me to not ask you to share this podcast episode. Um, Tag me if you do it on social media. I'm just at Lucy Lucraft. And I would love it if you could leave a review. I know everybody asks for it, but there's a reason. It's, that's how the Apple podcast algorithm knows that it's good. <laughs> Thanks for listening and I will see you next week.